Today is July 10th. Paul Skeens, the number one overall pick that we've been waiting for. Let's break it down and talk all-star breaking that too. That sounds like fun. You're listening to the Bridge to Bucktober podcast. Yins guys, thank you for listening to the Bridge to Bucktober podcast where we talk all about them Pittsburgh Pirates and that. My name is Josh and I am joined as always by my brother Jake. What's up, Jake? Hey man, what's going on? Well, we got our guy, as they would say, after every single draft. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Here I go, already. <laughs> it's early, man. It's early. All right, listen. Number one overall pick. I mean, that's going to be the topic of this whole thing, right? Basically, yeah. Paul yeah. Skeens. If we're keeping score, and we usually don't, uh, I said on Friday morning's episode that it, my board was Skeens, Cruz, Langford, or uh, yeah, Langford, Clark. I'm looking at the wrong thing. Clark Langford is what I mean meant to say. I'm looking at the actual like prospect rankings. I should have the list already of the draft picks. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. I don't even have that pulled up. That would have been a smart thing to do. <laughs> to have something like that pulled up. So, anyway, Skeens, Cruz, Clark Langford. Now, just to be fair, I mean, those moved around even after we recorded our episode. <laughs> yeah. Those those moved around for me, uh, including uh, Langford. For a minute, even like earlier this morning, I was like, because I thought the Pirates were going to pick Langford. I was like, they're going to do this thing. They're going to go after Langford. And <laughs> I kept thinking to myself, I know that like taking the pitcher is risky, but he's... A lot like Garrett Cole, there's a little bit less risk there Mm -hmm. uh, in a sense of like body and and things like that. So like, yes, it's a risk. But my opinion is that sometimes, uh, you know, the the phrase, you want big rewards, you got to take big risks. And I just thought that this time around, this might be the risk that's worth it. And that was, that's kind of my thought process on this one. And I feel like maybe the Pirates agreed with that. Um, where, where are you, uh, where are you with, with Skeens in particular before we get into anybody else and, and whatever, cause we can talk about all angles of this if we want. I mean, I know we talked a lot on Friday, but you know. Yeah. I mean, you know, you, you keep hearing things from people who know a lot more about these guys who dig in a lot more about these guys than what we even have capabilities of digging into. Talk about he's a generational talent. How could I not be on board with the pick? You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. It's just like, I would have been, really, any four of them, I wouldn't have been upset. Even even the fifth guy, I, I still can't remember, ever remember this guy's Walker Jen- Jenkins, Jenkins. Yeah. Walker Jenkins. Like, probably wouldn't have been as excited if it would have been him. Yeah. 
but like any four of these or any one of these four I would have been okay with I was I was a little bit nervous about taking the pitcher because of workload but he, dude didn't throw that much at Air Force and I didn't realize that when I had said that so like I don't think that is the body breakdown body breaking down is as um as much of an issue as I thought it could have been. You know, I think he's getting a big body kid. He, his workload wasn't as high as I thought it was. So uh, I feel better about that. I'm just going back on th- some of the things that I've said before. Yeah. And, and now that the pick's in and, and now that I have more, a little more knowledge too, even because, you know, some of that stuff I said didn't know as much as I thought I did about the kid. You know what I mean? I think a lot of people could admit that about a lot yeah. of different players. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, I mean, his first year at Air Force, he was a relief pitcher. Uh, 48 games at the plate, hit 410 and 11 homers. <laughs> mm-hmm. And uh, he only pitched 26 innings with 11 saves. 270 ERA, I mean, lights out. You know what I'm saying? Right. Um, but then it was it was his sophomore year, just last year, um, still hit and still hit 314 with 13 homers, but he also added... Uh, 15 starts, 85 innings, um, and he was a starter. So pitched to a 273, struck out 96 in 85 innings. Um, and then obviously when he went to Louisiana State, he did not hit. Um, right. He went pitcher only and just focused on pitching, and that tells you why the jump was what it was. When you decide to focus on something – and he he turns in the year that he turned in, uh, 169 ERA uh, in 19 games, 122 and two-thirds innings, which is the thing, you know what I mean? That's where you're kind of like, okay, but 209 strikeouts to 20 walks. He had less walks this year than he did the year before at Air Force. <laughs> yeah, and it's a, you know, people keep talking about we don't have a pitcher, like, of this caliber. And a lot of that, for me, is that 20 walks. Like, we have a... We have a pitcher who's going to be able to command the strike zone. Like, go attack these guys. Like, I ain't scared of you. I'm not going to pitch around you. I'm coming to go get you. You know, and I'm going to get you out too, by the way. I'm not just going to come and get you and get raked. <laughs> yeah. Dude, I mean, he's – he is. He's he's very special, and he's that kind of a guy that, that, will, that will ace the rotation. And now yeah. you can say, my goodness, in a couple years, Keller's number two. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And now the pressure starts kind of piling up to say, well, we don't want to get into this necessarily, but you could start thinking about this stuff and it's, you know, food for thought, but you know, okay, do you extend Keller now? You got to get I mean, him so that you have that number two guy. Let's get Keller right, extended out right? for maybe, you know, so the two of these can be a one-two punch. You're not going to re-sign Skeens. We've already talked about this. No matter who you drafted here, you aren't going to sign him. Like, these guys are all special. I mean, maybe, yeah, any of these four, you're likely not re-signing them, or you're not likely not signing them to an extension. They are top, top, top-tier stuff. You know what I'm saying? Like, this yeah. is this is really... You like, might be able to get a small extension. You might be able to get a small extension. But... Kind of like a uh, get them early, sign them. You know, maybe buy a couple years of free agency. You yeah. might be able to do that. It's unlikely. 
It's unlikely bringing it in college. It's a, bringing in college guys. Maybe Max Clark. Maybe Max Clark yeah, if that's it. But uh, yeah, bringing in the college guys, they're going to hit free agency at a certain age. It's the Brian Reynolds thing all over again. I, mean, I know you locked that one up, but he's not at the level that these guys are. Right. right. And so I think that's the kind of thing that, um, you know, if, if they're not going to be here, I'm looking at, I mean, I'm looking at Skeens, but I don't, I don't know the ages of, of say Cruz and Langford right off the top of my head. But matter of fact, I might be able to, cause I do have that other thing pulled up. So they're all 321. I, I'm not going to dig into their birthdays and when they're turning whatever, but right, yeah. you're talking about making their debuts at 23. You know what I mean? Like, or being on the team at, at 29, 30. You know what I'm saying? They're, they're not going to give that up unless they land on a team like Dylan Cruz, who lands on the Nationals. He might because they'd be willing to go 300 million, yeah. you know what I mean? Or whatever. Right. Um, but it just uh, th- that doesn't feel like it's something that you're going to get to do with any of these guys outside of Max Clark, who, if he can fast track, which I don't know how quick he's he's going to be, um, but like if you had somebody like that, maybe you could talk about, uh, you know, if he's four years away, even he's getting there a year too early. You know what I'm saying? Or, or than yeah. than these guys are. So I don't know. Yeah, if he's three years away then you might be able to get him there, get him to to an extension where you can get him until he's 28, 29. These guys are already looking at that, you know what I mean? Especially if they yeah. mess around with uh, with service time and all that stuff, you know what I mean? Like, you just, you just don't know. The thing is, is like, okay, so now, I mean, I don't know. What do we need to say about Paul Skeens? I mean, the guys, I, I saw one guy on ESPN say something about you can give these guys, you know, these hitters – what was it? They're going to be all-stars for sure. But Paul Skeens, you're going to make a statue for him. And I'm like, well, you know, probably not. But <laughs> like, that's a crazy thing to say. And I probably don't agree yeah. with that, especially because in today's game, you're going to play five, six years with a team. You're going to move on to a big contract. You're just not going to be in a place where you're going to be able to do something like that. You know what I mean? Right. Maybe if you hit age 30 and you win four Cy Youngs throughout your 30s and four World Series or something like that, a place might decide something. You know what I mean? But Yeah. yeah but that's a big that's a big statement. I mean, come on. So anyway, either way, uh, you know, if you feel good about what Garrett Cole brought to the Pirates at 1-1 and he was a very good pitcher, and yeah, towards the end of that thing, he had a little issue with home runs. And we moved him, and it wasn't quite the return that we wanted and whatever, and then he blows up. Because sometimes that's what happens, right? Mm-hmm. But the point is, is he was a very good pitcher. I mean, he got Cy Young votes the one year in Pittsburgh. You know what I'm saying? So, like, it was there. He was very good. Now, he was more of a, uh-oh, we keep losing Jake in these things. I think he's coming back in now. I don't know what's going on, man. Am I there? You're there now. All right. We just kept rolling. It wasn't that long. So anyway, like, you know, if if this is a better version of Garrett Cole as far as the caliber, as far as the, you know, the the prospect, what they are expect, you know what I'm saying? Like, what what do you yeah. say? What, you know, um, what do they, I guess it is, it's just prospect, right? I mean, these are mm-hmm. the prospect rankings. So they make, they make the Steven Strasburg comp because everybody says that as far as the, um, the, the the top prospect 
pitching prospect ever in the draft was Steven Strasburg. And they're saying this is the best since Strasburg. So he's, you know, upper echelon. Yeah, and, and as soon as they come out with a new MLB prospect list, he's going to be in the top five. Oh, yeah, and he's he's certainly the number one Pirates prospect tomorrow. Yeah. Or as soon as he signs. I, I, signs yeah, as soon as he anyway, signs. Yeah. He's going to be the number one prospect for the Pirates. And, mm. I, you know, and I've heard several other people on, on, their, on their list and everything say, we've got some good prospects, some good pitching arms. We've got good, but, like, immediately he's better than all of them. Yeah. And that's the thing that kind of makes me, and that's why I said Friday, I'm, I'm probably going Skeens, and I think the Pirates will go Skeens. Yeah. I, I just think they will. Um, and you don't draft for need. So, like, I'm not, I can't say, like, well, we really needed to draft Cruz because we need a center fielder. You just don't do that. You always need pitching first off. So, I don't count that as drafting for need. <laughs> Everybody needs pitching. Right. And so, to me, that's not drafting for need. But, and really, Dylan Cruz didn't have to be either. Like, he's just that good. Yeah. You know what I mean? It wouldn't yeah. have had and to have been, oh, we need a center fielder. We could have had a center fielder and it still would have made sense to draft Dylan Cruz. Right. And it, when you when you're saying you don't draft for needs, you're talking about you don't draft for you don't draft for needs of your major league ball club. Or even your system. I think you can draft for your needs in your system like You can, but they say, you know, the whole thing is like you don't you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know where, I and mean, if you disagree with that, that's fine, but. Yeah, I mean, I just don't, I'm not saying I, uh, I mean, sure, I disagree. Yeah. But not to the extent of, I think you're crazy. I just, I mean, if you if you don't have any good center fielders in your system, I, I you know, take the best center fielder. If he's, if he's not far and below the best player available. You know, you know what I'm saying? Like, if you mm-hmm. have a few guys and you're like, you got it narrowed down to, okay, we, we need to get one of these two or three guys. Okay, well, what do we need in our system at that level, at you know, where he would come in and, and actually start progressing to where, t- to me, that makes sense. If you got it narrowed down and you're like, well, we don't have any center fielders, good call. Let's take the center fielder. Mm-hmm. Like, I think you could draft for needs once you narrow down, but you don't draft for needs. As far as oh, let's drop down, clear down to fifteen on this guy because he's a center fielder, right? You know what I mean? So, yeah, and I think that's what I'm saying is like we you don't if you're looking at Skeens and you're looking at at Cruz, if you like Skeens more, right? And this is the one thing that you know that all these front offices are looking at. They're they're talking to them, they're talking to parents, they're talking to agents. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Like there's a lot of this conversation that goes on that doesn't just include what you watched on TV in the College World Series. There's a lot right. more. What's the kid about? What's, you know what I'm saying? Uh, what's the motivation? What's the workouts like? Which, obviously, these aren't questions for for Cruz necessarily either. You know what I'm saying? Sure. Like I'm sure, sure they were impressed with his work ethic and impressed with his, you know, a lot of the things that he brought to the table as well. Because, of course, they were. Like, this dude's right. awesome, too. This was really like three guys at the top as far as the college guys go. And I think for me, if 1-1, the way the Pirates are looking right now, I would have been happy with, I would have been excited about any of the top three guys. Max Clark for me would have been a, I get it, if they thought he was the top talent. Like if if the Pirates did their thing, I'm not saying I think he is, I'm not saying everybody, 
But if the pirates did their homework, which we know they do, um, everyone does. That's why I say that everyone does. So whether you think the right. pirates don't or not, that's just that's you just trying to make something up because they all do their homework. They're not just <laughs> not doing anything. Right. If the pirates did their homework and they thought, we think pound for pound, the most talented player in this draft is Max Clark. And I've heard people say that. I've heard people say he has the most guaranteed tools. He's the most complete player in the draft. You're gonna, you're, you know, you're gonna have a little less power than maybe Langford, but maybe not. Maybe the same as Cruz, but he could also like he's young, so he could also develop more. So there's right. a potential for even more. But either way, he's the most sure thing in center field. And you know what I mean? So if they look at that and they say, we think this guy is actually the best player, then I still think the Pirates, because they were 1-1, I still think they could have been motivated to go one of these other guys at 1-1 who are college bats or arms like or, or skeins just for the fact that like, but they're just about there too. Like they're <laughs> there too. Yeah. You know what I mean? So even if like when you're looking at guys that are and I'm just really talking about the depth of this of this draft alone is and I'm going to just use the three bats for as an example because they would be the most comparable. They're all very close. And really throw in Walker Jenkins if you want. I just don't know that much about him and I have said that a couple times and I and I understand that, but like if they're that close, then there's there's no problem looking at need a little bit. But I think for the Pirates, their need was, let's get a college guy. Let's get him in. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, regardless of whether it was going to be... I don't I don't think the Pirates had to think about that. Because I think when it came to it, they said, well, we like the arm. And there's only one arm. Yeah. I mean, the dude the Reds got, um, uh, Lawler. Did I say that right? Rhett. Uh, louder. Man, I knew it. I remember Rhett because that's like a that's like a name, you know what I mean? Right. But he's the long haired dude for Wake Forest. Pitched some gems in the College World Series. If if you guys were following the, I I hardly ever you follow the College World Series so much more than I do. But when the Pirates had the one one, I I tended to pay attention a little bit more. <laughs> right. But anyway, I had, a, I had a hard time following this year with the you know yeah the newer job. So sure. So anyway, Rhett Louder went to the Reds uh, number seven. Also a very good pitcher, but not a guy who was going to go 1-1. Right. You know what I'm saying? So this was Skeens or it was a hitter. And mm-hmm. so the Pirates decided that that Skeens was the way to go. And, um, yeah, I mean, that's so – well, I saw a couple – go I ahead. I have a question for you. I yeah. have a question for you. What do you think the odds are? What do you think the chances are that Skeens starts – not starts because he's a starting pitcher, but – breaks opening day on the Pirates roster next year. No, I think it's 0%. You think 0%? I think it's 0%. I think they shut him down for the most part this year. And I can't imagine how you could throw him right there after shutting him down. Yeah. I I just think I think it's that good of a pitcher that I think there is a small small chance that they they let him throw a little bit over the winter and then if he comes out in the spring and just looks dominant I think I you could I think uh, I think you'd be better put um better positioned to make a case for him to start in double A <laughs> rather than Greensboro or or Bradenton. Yeah. Uh, I I think there's no I think there's almost no chance he starts in, in down Braden. there. I think I think he starts 
no lower than double A. See, I don't, I don't know that. I don't know why. Well, is it, yeah, I don't, I don't either. But I, I, that's why I said I think. Yeah, you know, I just, I that's again, that's really aggressive, and that's fine. But like, why wouldn't you do like a month in Greensboro and then move up? Like, why wouldn't they? You know what I'm saying? Like, I just don't, I don't see him going to Bradenton. You know what I mean? Right. But, but right. Greensboro. Maybe I mean I guess I guess you could you could make the case that because Greensboro is a hitter's park, you don't want to start him off there. <laughs> you just start him off at Double A, maybe. Um, but no, I don't. There's no chance he's on the MLB team next year. I I can't imagine that being true. There's still there's got to be something. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, and there's yeah. got to be. I mean, 122 innings this year, and they were jam packed. So like you're going to spread that out and you're going to give him 120 130 innings 140 I don't know it depends on how it goes but you just took a big risk right I think the only way he's on the pirates in 20 in uh, in 24 is if they're making a run I think that's it yeah if they're hovering 500 maybe playing with a wild card uh or they're in a wild card spot, then I I see maybe like, hmm, maybe let's bring him up. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Let's yeah. give him a shot. Otherwise, I mean, he certainly goes from double A AA to triple A, and I think he's there in 25. I think he, he, he could yeah. get a cup of coffee at the end of the year next year, but I don't, wouldn't see them pushing him that way unless they're in a run. Yeah, I could see a, I could see a, like a David Price type thing. That we've talked about. We before. talked about that. Yeah. I it once again we're making a run. Yeah. Once again, I don't you don't know if it ends up being a bull, a bullpen spot or I think from most of what they do, I mean, when Rowanzi came up, you know, we're not looking at this year, when he came up, it was a start. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't long, but it was a start. Mm-hmm. Um, and most of these guys, when they've come up, they've started. Uh, even Oviedo, I think most of his first appearances but, were all starting. But here's my thing. Here, here's my comp here with the David Price. It's not Roanzi Contreras, <laughs> right? It's not. Yeah, David these Price guys. is like, a one-one. Skeens is a one-one. You're right. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, that's a good point. Skeens Every is gonna be di- you bring this dude up, and he's just gonna be lights out for an for an inning. You know what I mean? Just yeah, you you will treat a one-one differently. You're right. Um, and you can't you can't go back as far as looking at Garrett Cole or somebody. I mean, that was a different organization, right? You know what I'm right. saying? Like it's a, a whole different like, uh, yeah. You know, organization. There's different people. They're going to make <laughs> yeah. different decisions. You know what I'm saying? Right. So it's like you can't you can't look at anything that they've done in the past and say like, well, this is what they'll do because they did that with Garrett Cole or with Stan Belinda. Like, dudes, it was somebody different. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you just can't do that. Yeah. Um. Stan Belinda. I, I should know, have said just, like Chris Benson, right? That would have made more sense. <laughs> it would have. It would have. That's funny. I threw Stan Belinda out there. But yeah, I just I don't I I don't think there's any chance. Okay. That he's I on like the roster it. next year, but I like to bring stuff like that up. I like that. Yeah. So um the guys we missed out on. I thought this was really interesting. You and I talked a lot about Max Clark on Friday. And I kind of bumped him above Langford in my, you know, in my estimation. 
Some of that may have been because he was relatively new to me. Mm-hmm. And so when you're when somebody's new, you get excited about him. It's kind of a lot of the reasons why Dylan Cruz, I said, oh, well, he's peop- they're pushing other people up because of fatigue. And so, like I said, I switched more and more and more. New to the Max Clark thing. And I really, for me, for what I wanted the Pirates to do, I really didn't want them to go the 18-year-old route. You were intrigued by that. And that's, you know what I mean, that's fine. I think some people were because of Tamar and saying like, well, let's get that next wave. You do have time to get that next wave still. And I think Mm -hmm. that's probably where I was going is like, well, but you could just draft, you could keep drafting college bats. Tamar will keep coming up, but there will be new people that will also contribute to the wave or, or whatever. Um, but there were, there were moments. I mean, a lot of people talked about Langford and I was like, you know, I, I tell you what, if, if I want the pitcher, there's only one pitcher for me. And so like in my head, I thought if I was trying to make this decision, which I'm not trying to, but if I'm trying to make this decision, I'm picking between bat or pitch. And ultimately I kept choosing pitch because of what this could be and, and, how hard it is to get something like that, I think is what it came down to. You can get talent on the offensive side, and it's not like in any given night, that guy, yes, he plays every day, but there's also eight other guys in that lineup that could also contribute. Mm-hmm. And so there's like part of that that makes me think, well, maybe the the pitching is certainly more important. I mean, every everybody who's gone through, they've said, you can't win championships without pitching. You, can't win. you know what I'm saying? And we've even seen that as true. You get into a playoff series and it's like, man, we're really good this day, but maybe we're outmatched another day. And so we got to get through that game. And you know what I'm saying? Like just little things like that or approaching. And we don't have this situation anymore because MLB finally came to their senses and, um, you know, went right side up instead of upside down when they decided to think. And decided that a one-game playoff is a terrible idea for baseball. Yeah. However, we ran into Arietta and Bumgarner, and we saw firsthand what that type of pitcher, that type yeah. of ace, can do for you in that one-game playoff. And I mean, yes, we beat Cueto, and Cueto was one of those guys. Let's not let's not kid around. <laughs> he was one of those guys, and Liriano really wasn't. And we were throwing it together with guys that were that were good. And they were, mm-hmm. they were good at what they do. And we we just didn't have that ace. Cole wasn't yeah. quite that guy yet, and and maybe he was in some of the other some of the other years. But this is a guy who can pitch a game like that and make you say like, yeah, but we've got Skeens going. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't care if right. you got Jake Arrieta going. We've got Skeens going. By the way, got a buddy who's down at a Cal Ripken event right now. Um, and Jake Arietta is coaching one of the teams down there. He texted me about <laughs> it, and I said, "I said he's evil." He said, "I'll punch him in the face for you." <laughs> Man, it's crazy. I was just gonna say you should have told him to punch him in the face for you. Yeah, he's gonna punch him in the face. <laughs> and I, I told him he's a Reds fan. This guy, but I told him, tell him it's from Pittsburgh. Uh, yeah. So I think he'll do it. I mean, he's a cool guy. So. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, um, that's so that's me on the pitching side. When I looked at the hitters, I really, for me, and I know a lot of people disagree with this, and it's fine. I mean, we all have our different things, right? Dylan Cruz or Wyatt Langford, the more I we got closer to this draft, I thought, these guys are this, 
I, I can't tell you how many people I heard say in, in this podcast or that podcast or, or this article or that one or on TV or whatever. I can't tell you how many people I've heard say Langford and Cruz will probably put the same like production on your team. Like they're going to, they're going to look similar production wise. They're going to get there a different way. Langford's going to have more power. Cruz is going to be a better hitter. And so, but like in the end, they're going to go a different route, but they're going to get to a similar area. They're both Mm -hmm. going to be that good, a difference maker. And the more I kept hearing about, like, I think people are underselling Langford in this way. Like he played a corner, but he also can play center. Well, how much? Well, I don't know. We play corner outfielders in center field all the time. So (laughs) if he's just younger than Sawinski and Reynolds, he gets center field. I don't care. And, you know, I I just don't. And really, Sawinski, I mean, other than the fact that, like, you're just waiting for that diving catch, he did make a sliding catch today off the bat. Corbin Carroll up, so he hit it pretty good. Or, Or, you know, he can hit it pretty good. So he started back, and then he had to come in. And he, and he slid in, and I was like, he made up for, you know, his read. That line drive right at you is tough. Yeah. And he closed in on it and slid down and made the catch. But other than that, I mean, he's been fine. Yeah. Just long term, that's not somebody that I, you know, I mean, envisioned in center. Either way, rabbit trail. Um, Wyatt Langford and the idea that the power is better was intriguing to me. Yeah. Because that's one of the things that, like, how many times do we talk about there are no positional identities, right? We talk mm-hmm. about this all the time. I actually um, was watching the the fan forum live stream a little bit earlier tonight, and I, you know, somebody said something about Hayes, and I said the positional identities they're gone, man. But think about Hayes at third and the defense that he gives, and the fact that he is a third baseman with less power. And if we don't get power from third base, because that's a traditional uh, offensive identity for a third baseman to have power, you have to get it somewhere else. And so you say, well, you got Cruz at short, so you're going to get that power there. But anymore, is shortstop not a power position? <laughs> <laughs> and the problem right. is, is a lot of times you have to spell that with power at first base. And we don't have that. So give me power in the corners in the outfield. Well, you're going to get a little bit from, or you know, not a little bit, but I, I you know, hopefully, you get a, you're going to get that power from Sawinski. Mm-hmm. But like, okay, Reynolds, I mean, Reynolds is more of like a cruise, maybe a little more power if he can continue to, I mean, right now, you know, it doesn't look like it, but like last year with 27, if he could keep continue on that trajectory and maybe hit a, you know, hit a 30 number or whatever, then maybe a little bit more, but otherwise 20 to 30 in that range, like that's probably a Dylan cruise, but like Wyatt Langford is like multiple years of 30 plus, you would think, you know what I mean? And so when you, when you lack power in other places and you're hitting coach coaches, your team, as if you're loaded with power, <laughs> <laughs> let's walk a lot and then not be able to score them because we don't have power. <laughs> <laughs> then that's why Langford started sounding interesting to me. Ultimately, yeah. I like the pitcher route. But I just wonder, like, is there any of you that, like, when I was watching the draft, and I know you were still working for these early picks, but, like, when Dylan Cruz's name got called and you saw that Washington W by his name, I was really excited about Skeens. But then I saw that and I was like, oh, man. 
<laughs> I didn't necessarily like when Langford went to the Rangers, I didn't have the same feeling, but maybe because the, the Max Clark going above and then Langford falling to the Rangers, I kind of thought like, I just kind of thought, geez, the Rangers are going to be nasty because <laughs> they got some of these guys locked up for a minute and they just called up like Josh Young and, um, you know, they're just, they're going to be nasty. Anyway, when Dylan Cruz went to the Nationals, I did kind of think like, no matter what you did this year, you were going to miss out on somebody. Yeah. And I think if we would have picked Cruz, I would have been pumped just the same. And then I would have seen Skeens go to the Nationals, which he would have. And I would have been like, oh, man, what if he's just hmm. nasty? What if he's dominant? Yeah. What if he's Strasburg, Scherzer, the, the yeah. nine yards? But that's the thing. We can play the what if game while we want. The, it's you the just best never know thing. Until you know. It's the best thing about being the GM of the Washington Nationals tonight because you didn't miss out on a player. Yeah. You know what I mean? You knew that somebody was already gone before you got a pick. So you weren't going to miss out on anyone. You were just going to say, we got Cruz, man. Yeah. Or we got Skeens. But in this case, Cruz. But like right. the Pirates had to actually say, we're not going to select this guy. <laughs> and it's like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. It's wild to think about. Um, any of these picks? I mean, we talked about all these guys. So like, there it is, Max. I mean, we knew Dylan Cruz was, we knew that those two were going to top. I, I thought, uh, unless the Pirates got cute. So well, the first time in the, in the history that yeah, uh, the same school had one and two. Yeah. So I think that's not a surprise. I think that the no. only way the Nationals had a decision is if the Pirates got cute and they went after Clark or Langford, God forbid anyone else. <laughs> but after one of those two, and I still, like I said, I still would have been like, for Max Clark, I would have been like, okay, okay, I see what you're doing. For Wyatt Langford, I still would have been excited. Yeah. Not, I don't think that I would have been as, as satisfied, though, in hindsight. It's fair. Um, but so we knew Dylan Cruz. So what about the Wyatt Langford, Max Clark thing? Does any of this, like, what do you think of this? Any thoughts on this since we've looked into these guys and everything? I mean, we could play the we, we I know we're on a podcast, so it's kind of what we're doing is playing the game, but yeah, I mean that's all yeah. But but I you know, it's it, Max Max Clark was intriguing to me. No, no, um, no. I mean I, sorry, more specifically like Max Clark to the Tigers, Wyatt Langford to the Rangers. Like just, you know, like not to the Pirates. I got you. Yeah, I yeah, got yeah. You. Yeah. No, I mean I don't know. I don't. I don't think too much about it. I think, you know, we we you you talk about Texas being kind of a hitter hitter friendly ballpark. That bodes well for Lang for Langford. Mm -hmm. Other than that, I mean, you just never know with a guy as young as Max Clark. You just don't know, right? How a lot of his stuff's going to translate, and you don't know if they get a good deal and end up trading him somewhere else. I don't think that would happen, but if they, if they think they're in something and they can get land like a, whoever the big name pitcher is that year. Yeah. I almost wonder that. if he's just there when their window opens. <laughs> right. <laughs> Riley green was there is their last like kind of big deal thing. And he was another high school outfielder. So 
I think they're pretty satisfied with that sort of thing. Yeah, I don't know if there's anybody else notable like Jacob Wilson, Jack Jack Wilson's kid. He went number six to the A's. Uh, sorry, man, that you went to that team, but um, maybe <laughs> by the time you're there, they're yeah, they're in Vegas. I don't know. Um, but he's uh, he's kind of a. I think I think six surprised me a little bit for him, but I, I guess I don't know because he. I mean, where else did I have him? You know what right. I mean? He probably have been a top 10, not somebody the Pirates would have picked. Um, but the Reds, the Reds had a good draft already. Rhett Louder, the pitcher, and then they went and got Ty Floyd. Who was the other guy? They I thought there was another guy they got too. They had like three dudes right out. Oh, they picked a shortstop right after we did. Yeah. Um, Hold on. We no are getting name. close to our third pick. The Pirates are, so let me go back to that round two. Yeah, he, they picked the high school shortstop right after we picked Mitch Jeb. All right, so let's move on here. Uh, I think we've ran this thing as far as we could. I'm not going down through a lot of that, but Mitch Jeb, that's our second pick, number 42 overall. Um, he was ranked number 46, and then the Reds picked right after us, a guy who was ranked 20, 32nd, so that's kind of weird. <laughs> when you They're both the same position now. The difference is, is one guy is, is, uh, I'm looking for his age here and they don't have it on this page. Anyway, he's probably 20 or 21 because you got to play two years. Four year junior. So, yeah. So he's probably 21. Um, and then the, and the other kid that the Reds got was a high school senior. So you could see the Pirates maybe saying, um, you know, let's go for the college here. Um, this is one of those examples of like, I don't care who you have in your, in, in your, uh, organization right now. Right. You might say we have a lot of shortstops, but like, I don't, it doesn't matter if they like this guy, then that's what they're going for. Right. And maybe there was another guy they liked that was still available who was a higher ranked prospect, but maybe that 32, that's an, that's going to be an overslot by 10. And so you'd have to pay him a little bit more. So if you didn't want to do that, then I guess if the next guy you liked would have been underslot because that Yohandi Morales was just picked 40 and he was ranked 20. So he's going to have to take a lot less. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, man. I I wonder if this isn't also an underslot. Maybe they like some of the deeper guys and they can kind of pull some of those guys away from from college by offering them a little bit more. I don't really know. Um, yeah, it's interesting. It's really tough because I think this shows why Paul Skeens was the guy they were going to draft. Or Dylan Cruz, if they wanted him, they would have went for him. But I don't think the this is the reason why they didn't get cute and say, well, let's, let's save money here. Because they didn't have another pick until 42. Right. And if they didn't feel like there wasn't, I mean, none of these guys, once you get down that low, are like, whoa. I think Yohandi Morales is probably the only one I'm looking at on this page, and that he was number 40, that I was like, I can't believe you dropped that far. Yeah. And like I said, I don't know a ton about a lot of these guys, but like a lot of high school guys at this point. So I don't know. I think when it gets down to it, I think this was probably just the guy that they liked that made the most sense. But yeah, he looks like he can play short, he can run, and he can hit, but not really for power. But like I know I saw a couple people say, well, he had one home run. Well, he had one home run this year, but last year he had six. So I mean still not a lot, but like 
you know, it's not right. like he's going to be a, you know, a banjo hitter entirely. Right. You grow up a little bit. You put a little man weight on. You know, maybe you become a guy who's, I don't know, a, a 10 to 12 homer guy. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Which isn't a lot, but, I mean, that's like Jordy Mercer type stuff, but looks like the guy's fast, uh, unlike Jordy. <laughs> and his, I mean, his average is like, even this year, he was 337, 438 on base, but th- last year he was 356, 448 with a five, like a 959 OPS and a 933. Like, I- I'm all right with that. Yeah. We'll see. Just see how we can develop him. Yeah. I mean, that's, he's a, like I said, he is 21, so he'll be, he'll be 22. Um, you know, whatever. We'll see. Mitchell Lewis Jeb. Another Michigan guy. Yeah. Like uh, Nate McLeod. All right. Brought up Nate McLeod. Nate McLeod was a Michigan guy. He had like. I didn't know that. You didn't know that? No. Yeah. All right. Pirates are next uh, for their 67th pick in the competitive uh, B after the second round. I think that's all they're doing tonight. But so we'll yeah, see where they're all, where they are one but, through 70. So the yeah, other Oh, they are doing 1 through 70, so there's another round after this. Oh, there's a round 2 C. Just three teams. Cubs, Giants, Braves. So we'll see who the next guy the the Pirates pick is as we go, but um dude, the draft is pretty fun. It's 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 becoming more fun each year too. Yeah. And I think the more we lean into uh, teams, lean into like college bats, I think it makes it a, a little bit more fun because maybe they will be a little bit quicker here. When they limited mm-hmm. how many people were in the minor leagues, I think that changed a little bit. You're going to let yeah. guys go to college and let them play a little bit. The great thing about guys like Cruz and Langford is the over top of a Max Clark is you saw them play. We got the pick here. You saw them play. Xander with an with a Z. Xander M- Muth Muth <laughs> M U E T H. I don't like going into names uh, before I check them or hear somebody else say them. But um, ranked eighty two, ranked eighty three. Fifty five fastball, fifty five slider, fifty changeup, control forty five. So right hander, eighteen years old. Out of Mississippi, 6'6". High school arm. Nice. Nice. So, 92 to 94. Peaks at 97. Heavy sink. Runs 80 to 82 slider. Sweeps in the opposite direction from his heater. And breaks so much that he sometimes struggles to land it for strikes. So, it's a development. You know what I'm saying? It's a development thing. It's not bad. Mississippi it's recruit with the with the you know with that much break, a young kid might not know how to control it. It's interesting because it says Belleville East Illinois. Oh, he was committed to Mississippi. Oh, he's from Illinois. So then, this is one of those things. If you like this six six dude who looks like he throws gas and has a nasty curveball that he can't even throw for a strike yet, and you want to develop that, then maybe that's a guy who you may have to dangle a little bit of money in, in front of him in order to get him to, to stick with you. Sure. Something like that. Xander Muth. I'm going with Muth for right now, but we'll see. The slot's 1.13, so depending on how things go with, with 
everybody else. That's where we're at. That's all of it for tonight. So I can close that window. And um, yeah, the draft is kind of fun. Um, I like the way that I think some people don't, but I like the way they're doing this, making it part of the the all star festivities and that. Yeah. And so I know we're big in the home run derby and the all star game, probably more the home run derby. I think it's the greatest of all of our big sports. I think it's the top event yeah. as far as like the you know, what it is. Slam I think it's dunk the coolest. Contest, Slam the, dunk contest. You've you know seen I mean? it all. You know what I mean? Right. That's right. the thing is like the home runs, like the way that, and I, th- I like the way they've done it now where I, I don't like it. I don't like the bracket style, but it does give it a new feeling. If they would take the slam dunk contest and say, no, it's this guy versus this guy, because you know, you've seen all the dunks. I can't do any more tricks. Home runs are home runs. (laughs) I'm not like trying to do a home run and a trick at the same time. And so like, (laughs) if you're doing that, then I think the novelty wears off sometimes. I can't tell you the last time I've even seen highlights from a dunk contest. Yeah. It's been a few years. Like Muggsy Bogues. Like, come on, man. Like that's, (laughs) that's what I'm talking about. Like, I just don't, I have no idea. Now, granted, I don't pay attention to call or to, to basketball, but it's just one of those things. I love the the home run derby because the it's easy to, the layout is easy, and maybe the slam dunk contest is similar to that. But it's outdoors; it's in the middle of summer. It's just beautiful. I went to home run derby in Cleveland. I thought it was incredible. Um, I forgot you went to that. Yeah, it was awesome. So anyway, we got Luis Robert Jr. Adley Rutschman first off. Adolis Garcia and Randy Rosarena, which I think is kind of interesting. To me, that sounds like slam dunk Garcia wins it by 100. <laughs> Mookie Betts and Vlad Guerrero. And then Pete Alonso and Julio Rodriguez, which means how Pete do you... Pete Alonso gets eliminated in the first round. How do you pit Alonso immediately against the hometown guy? Like immediately. That could have been the highlight. Yeah. And we're doing it in the very first round. Could have been the highlight again, you mean? Did those two go at it? Last or like year? or do you mean in the finals? Well, Pete Alonso wasn't in it last year. And then it was the year before. No, yeah. no, yeah, he was. He won it last year. Is so he has not no, won Juan Soda. Juan Soda won it last year. I was gonna say right. because he he did the two in a row and then he didn't mm-hmm. go for the three peat. Because a lot of people are saying three in a row, and it's like it's not three in a row. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I just think you you want to, like, with Pete Alonso, like, he's built for the home run derby. And so yeah. you're telling me you're going to put your hometown, I mean, obviously they just picked it by how many home runs they had. Right. Um, all right, so Julio's first. Vlad versus Betts. Pick it. Vlad. I thought so, too. Garcia over Rosarena and Luis mm-hmm. Robert over Rutschman. Yeah. Garcia over Luis Robert? It's tough. Well, that's what I'm picking. And I'll go gonna, Vlad. Just to make it a little different, I'll go Roberts. And I'm going to go, oh, man. Yeah, I'm going to go Vlad to win it all. I don't even really particularly like that once I got through it. He's so good at the home run derby, though. I know. But he's also Perfect. good at baseball, and he hasn't been as as good this year. So. Woo. <laughs> uh, what? I think Julio wins it. I like that. Hey, there's a bracket out there, guys. You can submit it. I don't think I'm submitting that yet. I'm going to have to think over that. All right, baseball. Other than the Home Run Derby, are you doing anything for the Home Run Derby? Monday night? 
You do playing softball. Playing softball. I <laughs> Monday night's my softball night too. I have a man home run derby, hopefully. I there you go. I set it to record so that I could start it over and then just fast forward through stuff and catch up. Yeah. Either that or we'll land at Roosters and watch it at Roosters. Yeah. And then I'll just go to where I left off because you know it lasts really long. I do have to work at five AM on Tuesday, so we'll see. You can do anything for one day? Ah, hundred percent. You better believe I'm going to stay and watch the whole thing. I just don't know if I'm going to go somewhere and watch it. So are you big in the All-Star game? I mean, I like to watch it. Yeah, I mean, I like to, if, I, if I'm if i available, I like to watch it. Well, it's happening Tuesday. I like to, like, see if our guys get to participate on the field. I don't, do you think Keller gets in? I don't think so. I don't think so. Not after just throwing there. Um, Bednar, maybe. Bednar is going to be a, you know... He might, he might throw an inning. Yeah, maybe, maybe not. How many pitches did he throw? We'll say Sunday. Uh, Bednar threw just eighteen. Yeah, he'll probably get in. I mean, so Robbie asked him afterwards if he'd be willing to give up his inning for somebody else who is there there for their first time, and he said no. I'm just kidding. He said yeah. <laughs> well, of course he would, because you know that happened for him. Well, that's what he, that's what they were saying. Was, would you would yeah. you pay it forward the same way Edwin Diaz did? And he said yeah. absolutely. But yeah, I mean, what else is he going to say? Right. He's also just not going to not say that. Right. So, um, hey guys, you get like a whole week without the Pirates. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like kind of a whole week, like you know weekdays. Back at it Friday, you get your whole work week before you have to watch another game. That's either good for you or bad for you. You you worded that pretty uh, correctly before you have to watch another game. I think a lot of people kind of feel that way, especially I coming know, into this. It's, it's sad. It's nice going in and, and, and winning your last game, but it's also like we have to understand what this year has been about and will be about. And it's these guys who are struggling, these guys like like Henry Davis getting a cup of coffee, getting an opportunity to, to do well and also to struggle and to struggle well and to come out of that. We need yeah. those sort of things. Jack Swinski, what this year could be for him as we see all the things that are good about him, but like he's starting to hit lefties a little bit. Yeah. We have to continue to give him those opportunities. We're starting to see those types of things. Um, Henry Davis is going to be there learning from Hedges. And I think it's important. I mean, we watched, I watched him catch for that inning the other night. He's jittery. He's, you know what I'm saying? And I, I wouldn't have thought yeah. it. That was the one thing that I wouldn't have thought. I would have thought, what's the problem? Is he, he's not good at calling games? Like, there's, there's got to be a way that. You know what I mean? You can get a game plan and have somebody else helping him with a game plan. Now, eighth inning, going up there with, you know, Moretta on the mound. I don't know how you prepare for something like that, but, uh, but essentially, like you have to, you have to understand like those sort of things. And I'm like, I don't know how you do that. You just, you know, you go for. But it looked different, and maybe it's the fact that we have Delay and Hedges who are very good behind the plate. The calmness of their body. I wouldn't have ever recognized until I watched Henry Davis for that inning because he's jittery. He doesn't get the glove up until very late. He's kind of moving around a lot. And 
there is just a calmness to the others that when they, you know what I'm saying? He did, he did steal a strike at one point. So like I saw that, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But there was something where I could see you saying how comfortable I am throwing to you. Well, if you're a still target, I think I feel a little more comfortable throwing to you. So I think maybe things like that. I'm also not going to leave out that he might've been a little bit nervous. Right. That's what I, that's what I was going to say. I mean, like it was his first chance to catch the big leagues. I wonder if so. big leaguers like him actually still get nervous for like an opportunity like that. Yeah. A one, one pick, you know what I mean? Or even yeah. anybody who would have gone in the top five, if you want to say it that yeah, way. I mean, you would think it would have to wear on you a little bit. It's interesting. I just don't know how I would, you know what I mean? Expectations are way up, you know? Yeah. Well, but in this case, I mean, he's not, he's not uh, oblivious, I'm sure. I'm right. sure he knows there are a lot of people doubting his catching ability. Mm-hmm. And so you would think he would put a lot of pressure on himself to say, I've got to show up here if I want to catch. Yeah. You know what I mean? I don't know. Kind of cool. Um, is there anything else? I mean, I know this was mostly about the draft, and it, it was gonna, it was always going to be. We have the All-Star game coming up. Um, you know, we just had a West Coast trip where we, lost, where we won two games. And, you know, par for the course. We've got some rough roads ahead of us. Hopefully we can get hot a few times and have some fun. But otherwise, like, do you have anything else for today? I mean, we're we're close to our hour here. Not really. I mean, let's just, let's just enjoy the break right now and just take in some of the All Star festivities and take a take a little uh, little break with the Pirates. Yeah, I like to pay attention to some of these guys. You know, sometimes you get into the All Star break, especially now that like I I I do so much looking up stuff for the pirates that sometimes I don't watch as much baseball as normal. And so there's some guys that I haven't seen that are going to be playing in this game that you know I'm kind of excited to watch, but yeah, that's all all stars, all star, all star week is kind of yeah. fun. A lot of Ken Griffey jr. Stuff going on right now. I got to tell you, I didn't even play that. Did I? No, you didn't. Oh, I'm going to right now. With the first pick of the 2023 MLB draft, the Pittsburgh Pirates pick Paul Skeens, right-handed pitcher from LSU. Wow! So there you have it. I'm interesting. Like the the crowd was like a mix between screams and oh, like <laughs> what did you? I don't I don't know. I guess I was kind of surprised at, at the the reaction. I mean, there wasn't a ton of people there, and they're in Seattle, right? So what what do they care who the Pittsburgh Pirates take? Most of them. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I don't think, know how many Pirates like fans really were there. You think uh, they plant fans there from every team? I, maybe. I mean, that's a possibility. Just at the but draft, how many of them were just like, "Oh, there? he's got to go to the Pirates" because they don't even know. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> they don't know when they when they uh, they played that video with with McCutcheon. So good to Chills. to get ready, and I'm just like, oh, man, that was really cool. And then they say to announce the pick, they do the whole Ken Griffey Jr. thing, and I'm like, guys, if there's any like McCutcheon because he's a pirate has has risen in like my all time favorite players pretty high, but mm-hmm. my all time favorite player is still Ken Griffey Jr. Always will be, and so like anything, so you get me with the Kutch, and then you go through the 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 
the Ken Griffey Jr. stuff, and I'm like, oh, man, that's awesome, back-to-back. Then they're like, oh, he's going to come out and announce the Pirates pick. And I was like, are you kidding me right now? (laughs) And (laughs) Katie looks over, she's like, you going to cry? I'm like, shut up. (laughs) No. (laughs) You leave me alone. (laughs) But I was just like, oh, man, like it does feel really cool, and it's probably not really cool for most people. Right. But somebody my age, you know what I mean? Yeah. Hanging out there, you know, Griffey was was the man. Mm-hmm. He was actually the kid, but... He was the kid. You're <laughs> right, but he was, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, anyway, that was really cool he's for the me. Reason, he's the reason the people in the home run, the derby, wear their hat backwards. Yeah, well, he's the reason for a lot of things. He's the reason for... I mean, it was in the McCutcheon video. It was all about right. <laughs> Griffey at the beginning, you know what I mean? So, yeah. Ken Griffey Jr. is your favorite player's favorite player. Yeah. Right? Baseballism? Yep. All right. You got anything else? You already said you didn't. You got a closing remark? Or was that pretty much yours? Andy's in Pittsburgh when we get back from the break. Oh! You think right away? No. Not really. But it'd be cool. It would be cool. <laughs> Where? Uh, no, it's interesting. Because we are home for six games and then a road trip and then the Phillies at the end of the month what if he's there at the end of the month I could see that I could I could see that alright that's all we got let's go Bucks let's go Bucks thanks for listening to my dad and Uncle Jake on the Bridge to Bucktober podcast Follow them on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Bridge the Number Two October. Don't forget to subscribe so you know when new episodes are released. Clear the deck, cannonball coming, and let's go, Bucks! <laughs>